Welcome to the Consciouspreneur Podcast, where we discuss and apply the principles of mindset, leadership, and business building strategies that align with our purpose, honor the people we work with, and generate a sustainable profit. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Consciouspreneur. My name is Dr. Mary Maduna Gross, and today we are speaking with Lindsay Shelton. She is a former designer turned workshopper who is obsessed with cultivating connection in businesses. She co-founded Waymaker with one of her dearest friends in 2020. Together, they help build, they help make businesses become brands with their engineering approach to strategic branding. Lindsay, I am thrilled to be having this conversation with you today. I think marketing has been one of the biggest mysteries um, in, in this my entrepreneurial journey. And I'm looking forward to you helping get, especially for those of us who might be new at marketing, um, get some clarity around what is this? Who do I need to be? What do I need to be doing so that I'm connecting with the people that I'm, I'm looking for? So thank you for being here. Yeah. Hi, Mary. Thanks for having me. Thank you for the lovely introduction. Yeah, I'm excited to um, to talk about this. We take an interesting, uh, not an interesting approach. We take a fundamentals kind of approach that um, that prepares people for any kind of marketing. So whatever becomes their their strategy, whether it's you like to be on four social media networks and have a website, or maybe you don't have a website and you use Facebook or whatever, as long as you know who you're talking to, why you're important and where you fit in the market, you're going to be all right. I love that. I love knowing I'm going to be all right. How'd you say it? I'm going to be all right. All right. I'm going to be all right. I think that's what we all want to be. But before we get into the um, specifics about that, let's get to know you a little bit more. What's, what is your entrepreneurial story about how you became um, so passionate about this topic? Yeah, so uh, where does it begin? I, I don't know. I'm not sure. Like every time, you know, every year that goes by, I feel like the story actually originates earlier than I knew, you know, like you start to connect more dots. Um, so in it, like there really shouldn't be any reason for me to have a passion in marketing. Um, my degree was in political science and international studies. And my um, specific love there was political theory. And what it taught me that I've used in my entire career since is how to think about people uh, and think about systems and how to keep those two things very related. You know, every big system has a very personal implication to somebody. Right. So um, it end, I, I ended up getting a job as a content manager. And, and before that, I like started designing, like I was a master gardener and they, they needed some help with their website. And so from there it started, well, Lindsay specializes in websites because, you know, I'm a, I'm a child of technology at this point. Like we all know how to, you know, at a certain age now, like my kids can fix things that I couldn't fix. Right. So I grew up with the internet and um, we started designing websites uh, on the side. I started with Master Gardeners and then I became known for it. And really what ended up happening with work was that I got, um, I got tasked with communicating big technical things in a really simple way. So I worked for the Navy um, and the engineers that were tasked with safety had to communicate to sailors why things are important that, you know, how to not blow people up. Um, <laughs> so, um, and so it started this whole journey of communicating, communicating effectively, learning how to place things in a way that um, people are going to care about and click on and read and read all the way. 
Um, like the story brand guy says, he says the first sentence sells the second sell- sentence. The second sentence sells the third sentence. It starts this whole journey. Um, and on the side, we were, uh, I was a single income and I needed money on the side. So we started doing websites um, for local businesses and and then it just grew from there. And we did websites all the time for people. And what we ended up finding was um, that most small businesses don't really come to the table like ready for marketing, right? They don't, all those things I said in the beginning, they don't know um, the key messages that are most important to their clients. Um, And we all get caught up talking about ourselves more than we talk about the transformation that we create, right? It's not really, it's not really that you sell coffee, it's that you sell this particular cup of coffee that when they walk into the shop, you know, their name and, um, you know, it has a purpose of specific. It's like an experience. It's an experience that people want to be a part of. Right. Um, And it's hard for, I think it's hard in a way to own the thing that you bring to the table. I would agree. At least from my own person, my own experience, like totally feel that. Yeah. It's like struggling to write your resume. I think. Um, and so we, we just found that people needed a real brand in order for the investment that they were going to make in, in, in us designing a website for them was going to make sense for their, for their business. So we decided no more websites, um, unless you have a good brand. Um, we ended up selling that and then we had to create a whole thing around what makes a good brand, what makes a, not just a, um, a shiny, pretty brand, but um, a company that knows what it's about, that knows its customers enough to speak right to them. Um, that can, can you tell by looking at somebody's website or, or some of their branded materials to what extent that they know themselves? I think so. <laughs> what well, what might be something that you, that would kind of cue you off one way or the other? Um, well, if it's like the same as every other website, so all right. So I have a story. All right. So I've been networking for about oh, I don't know, like two years at this point, like actively speaking with people. And last year, I had like a, a string of bookkeepers um, networked with a whole bunch of them. And I always check people's websites to see, you know, what they're about. So I don't like, you know, not rude or whatever. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so what I found was their websites were all the same. Like every bookkeeper that I met, they had like the same three services. I do CPA, I do like your maintenance bookkeeping, and then I don't know, something okay. else that bookkeepers do. But then when I spoke with them, I always ask people, you know, like, who do you serve? What kind of work do you really love? Um, and what lit each bookkeeper up was just like so different. So really, I had like a major spectrum. One person says, I just really love a new business who hasn't created their books. They're kind of afraid. They don't really know what to do. And I love like setting up the perfect system, like having it like perfect from the beginning. Then I met another woman and she was like, I love a hot mess express. Like they are disaster. They need to be rescued. And I am the hero. (laughs) And so you can imagine these two women who, who have the same skills, hard skills, those soft skills are absolutely different. And the experience of their company is absolutely different. Who they want to speak to is absolutely different and how they should speak to them is totally different. Yes. Yes. If you think about um, the Hot Mess Express, right? I've gotten to this place where I am self-conscious. I feel like a failure in an area of my business. I, um, I'm afraid to talk to someone who does this on a regular basis because I'm afraid they're going to judge me. They're going to think less of me, right? Like I have so many insecurities that, that need to be ticked off. And if, you're, if your website is, is talking about how you love a Hot Mess Express and you want to help them recover and not only recover, but grow and do incredible things, then all, I'm, I'm clicking, Right, right. Right. But if you're using language 
that speaks to a new clean business, Mm -hmm. I'm not clicking because I'm afraid. All my insecurities are keeping me from clicking that button and getting the help that I need. So your message is a barrier to your sale. Okay. At that point. And if I'm using just like a CPA, like just general stuff, I still, it's just not enough. Like I don't know if I fit. You know, one of the values of the consciouspreneur is that we're driven by purpose. We want to make the world a better place. And what I'm hearing from you in these examples of the two uh, bookkeepers is that what they do is the same, but the purpose that they each feel called to is very different. One is, I'm going to help you set up on the front end so you don't ever get to the hot mess. The other one is the hot mess saying, you didn't get it set up in the beginning. That's okay. We can start now. Let, let's start picking that up. So I think what I hear you say, and please tell me if I'm wrong on this, but there are there is an audience for each one of those, correct? I mean, I could see myself in both of those situations. Um, and yet, if they both are just doing a generic message, whether I'm new and, and I don't know what to do, I'm not going to reach out. If I'm a hot mess, I'm not going to reach out because it's generic. It's not talking to me saying, oh my God, she gets me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Am I on the right track here I mean, thinking yeah, about this? Like, stamps down my sales altogether. Like both of those bookkeepers are not getting the sales that they could be getting if they got more specific about their message. Okay. Right. And it's the same thing. I, I know that you've talked about it in previous episodes. Like we're all afraid to niche. Like we feel like, um, and even I'm still afraid. Like I feel like brand strategy can apply to everybody. I am still right. Having, <laughs> right? I can still have a hard time um, niching down. But the more we're in business, the more clarity that we get. And I find that like the more I work with people who are, they've been in business for a while and they have a client base to start to, they can sift through it and figure it out. Right. I loved them. Didn't love them. Yes. Here's what I liked. Here's what I didn't like. And what does that mean? What's the theme? So when we're niching down, one of the things I think I just heard you say is, you know, start with an idea. You know, you got to start somewhere. Right. And then collect the data, go out there, do the business, get the clients and then see which ones that you're really liking. This is for early on. Well, maybe it's for any point in the business too, right? I mean, at any point in your business, I think we should, if, especially if we're saying, oh, I don't even want to do this. I don't want to meet with this client or I don't want to do this. It's probably time to really look at what's driving us. What is our purpose? What's firing us up? Because if it's not that client, then we need to find less of those clients. Yeah. Yeah. And oftentimes we get stuck chasing the money. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then like you get to a place where you're just like, oh, like you resent your clients. That's normally the, the first thing that we feel. Actually, I had this the other day. I was out with um, my partner. Her birthday is um, tomorrow. Happy birthday, Angel. Uh, <laughs> so we're out for her birthday and we're um, at a restaurant. And all I can hear is the bartender who keeps like, he keeps just bringing up how it's like almost closing. He's been here 13 hours. His feet hurt. And all I could hear was, you don't want to do this job. Like you're, you're not in love with bartending anymore. And there's a lot of people that, you know, if you show up with the right energy and you're making money, people are happy to be there. It's a whole different vibe. And so when we chase money, instead of chasing the thing that we love or finding that fine line between the thing that we love and the money, uh, our clients know right away, they don't want to, they're not going to be your returning clients. If you manage to get the sale, they will not be coming back because everyone can smell the stink. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That is true. And they can feel it. They can. It is a palpable feeling if you're tuned in, if you're paying attention to it. I feel like an inconvenience. Yes. Yeah. So I feel compelled to ask this question. What is it about this for you that drives you? What are you in love with in, in marketing? Uh, I am in love with effective communication. 
Like I, I really think that when we are trying to sell people things because we love the thing that we have to sell, not because we love the transformation that we're selling, that it's disingenuous. And, and I mean, at this point, we're at a technological level that we can do better than that. And I just feel like, and who wants to show up to a job that doesn't feed your soul? Exactly. I mean, honestly, to me, that's that's why I think entrepreneurship is probably the best industry, for lack of a better term, that there is because it is all dependent on us. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and it's the good and the bad. If we remain conscious, that's exactly right. For sure. Right. And 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 remember that we're making this choice for this reason so that I can make choices for myself because I can go get a job and somebody else can tell me what I'm going to do, how I'm going to do it, when it's going to get done and what it's going to look like when it's done. Um, or I can go into entrepreneurship and create that for myself. Mm-hmm. And then I have to sell it for myself, too. Right. And then, and the, again, that's why we're here. Because, um, you know, if we want to really live this life of freedom that entrepreneurship offers us, then we need business. And in order to get business, we need good marketing. Yeah. Yeah. And you need to stay at the heart of why you started it in the first place. Yes. So with people who um, are just starting out, I, I actually, both people who are rebranding and people who are just starting out, we always start with the purpose. Mm-hmm. Because oftentimes if you've chased the money or you've been in business for a long time and you need to like reset, right, right, right. you still need to focus on the why, why, why you started doing this, what makes you get up in the morning, um, what makes you passionate about, like what, what kinds of things are you good at and how does that pair with what you love? Um, so we always start there and new business owners can generally answer those questions as well. They're kind of, they, they got the buzz. They're, yeah, they kind of know. And if you ask the right questions, like, then they can pin it down. You know, the, the, one of the ways that I would describe entrepreneurship, especially when we're putting a business together, is that it feels like I have a pile of jigsaw puzzle pieces. <laughs> um, there's no picture on them. There's just pieces. And I somehow have to figure out what pieces do I take and which ones are right for me, which ones are right for my business. And then how do these pieces fit together? You know, this weekend, I don't know what it was that triggered this thought in me. And it's been coming up more and more often. It's just this idea that, you know, as a kid, I assume that when we got, when I got to be an adult, somehow I would just know what I was supposed to be doing. Because adults around me always seemed to know what they were supposed to be doing. And they were always telling me what I was supposed to be doing, right? So I just looked forward to that. And then when I got into adulthood and and that sense of, of, of certainty never came to me and I realized, oh my God, we're all just making this up as we go along. There, That can be frightening. But in terms of coming back to this idea of the jigsaw puzzles in the, in the um, entrepreneurship, to me, it's, it's fun. It's what are these pieces? And you mentioned earlier too about going back into your story. I love going back into my story and finding pieces that have been there the whole time, just waiting for me to pick them up and put them into my puzzle. And, and then, it, you know, that, that click when it just clicks in and it, and then the picture starts to emerge and it's like, oh my gosh. Like I did this. This is so much fun. Yeah. It it makes me think about um, a bunch of this, the recommendations that you get about knowing what your story is and being able to tell a compelling story. And when you're first in business, you're just like, I don't know. No one cares about my story. What do I even have a story? How did this even start? I don't know. (laughs) Exactly. I'm here now. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I needed a little freedom. I knew how to do websites. I did that. I don't know. (laughs) And that's okay too. You know, that's one thing I I, want to put a little 
mark on that because for any listener or young adult who is, they're in that exploratory stage where they're trying different things, um, they're um, talking and, and interacting with different people, and they don't know. They're making it up as they go along. I don't know if I'm going to like this or not. I don't know if I'm going to like you or not. I don't know if this is going to match my skills or not. You don't know until you try. Yeah. And half the time it's, um, what really happens is we develop this, this attitude of, or like a perspective of that's okay. Like at some point in, in entrepreneurship, you have to, to shuck the, the desire to be in control all the time, to be perfect, to know everything all the time, because it's not real. Right. And it doesn't serve you. Yeah. You know, and that's the part that I work with on client with clients on the most, right? Is that those stories that they bring uh, to their business that run how they see things, how they give meaning to things, um, because that's like like at the core of everything. But then there comes a time when I need to know what is it that I should be doing, because again, most of us don't know anything about marketing. Um, and so we need experts in those areas to guide us. Um, but we have to bring that purpose. We have to bring the direction because, you know, I heard you say branding is, is for any business. And yes, and every business has to have a vision, mm-hmm. a purpose for being. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's the, it's the foundation of marketing, but it's also the foundation of your business and the kinds of services that you offer, the kinds of services that you don't offer, right? It's, it starts to, um, I had this whole thing about, um, constraints and how, and how, when we create constraints around our business, things that are, um, like, what are my values? What is our mission? What is our vision? What is our purpose? Um, who are, our clients in a psychographic way, not in a, you know, cis white male kind of way. Um, we, we make decisions that help us that make everything else easier, right? We know what opportunities are right for us because we, we know who we are and we can stay true to that. We know what marketing, um, we're going to create, like what the goal of that marketing is. And that, um, we know our clients well enough to, to say, you know, here's the customer funnel and here's what they need at each stage. Right. It, but it, it starts with this foundation of soul searching, I guess, as a business. And it's beautiful stuff. It is. It, it, and I love seeing all this come together. So let me ask you this. Um, and you can, uh, you have permission to reframe the question if you'd like. But I'm wondering, like, for a new um, entrepreneur, new in business, maybe in you know in the first three years, what is maybe a, a checklist of a few things that would say you're you're kind, you've got the foundation in place? What are some of those foundational pieces? All right, so I would recommend two things. First. Think about the bookkeeper story and know that you are also a kind of bookkeeper and there are other bookkeepers like you in the world. So if you could write like a short little, let's say three or four sentence manifesto that describes your bookkeeping, write it. Go just go ahead and pin that down. Like what are you the hot mess express? Are you the person who wants the clean books, you know, what is your version of this in the world? Articulate it. And that'll help you get your wheel spinning on. What is my person? What is my purpose? All of that jazz. And then the second thing that I would say is to collect feedback. Like now, like yesterday, like 20,000 years ago, as soon as you start your business, have a way to hear, to hear your customers so that, um, cause at first you're, you're, you don't really know, like you can be more sure about your purpose, but you can be less sure about who your niche is going to be. Um, and that comes over time by servicing clients and, and feeling the feels and feeling the vibes or not feeling the vibes. 
Um, but it also comes from listening to your clients and the people who, who love you or the things that they have to say that, that critique you. So I would provide a loop and that can be, it can be a survey that is part of your process. Um, it can be a follow-up. It can be a link. Like it depends on what's important to your business. Like if you're like, if you have a local business and maybe you're a bakery or something, you probably want to share your Google reviews like that link. You just have some way of, of generating the conversation um, because it, it makes everything so much easier. Um, and when you do a rebrand, when you get really strategic about your business, now you have this whole data set to draw from. And when you're thinking about what products to continue, what, it, you know, you get to a point where you offer 3000 things because you were chasing the money. And when you need to make a decision about what to cut, you have data, right? So that seems, um, well, let me just say out of reach, right? How do I go about getting, setting up these surveys or, or these systems? To me, it has to be a system. Otherwise, I'll do it once and then I won't do it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, let's pick a... We have to pick an example, I think, because it gets kind of specific. Well, actually, if we if we kept the bakery example, you know, not going to be tech savvy. Um, one one that one that I've seen recently is that there's a QR code um, that maybe you have right by your kiosk, and you like you just train your cashier to say, if you could please leave us feedback, that would be so incredible. We'll throw in a cookie or something, right? So someone snaps a, um, a QR code of like your Google page, right? It goes to your Google reviews and they can leave a review right there. So the, the hardest thing you have to do is figure out how the heck to make a QR code. Right. Which, which is very easy to websites. do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, I've seen people actually do this for their business cards where they don't hand out business cards anymore. It's a QR code that has a contact in it, which is genius. Anyways, I it is genius. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I know these QR codes are amazing. <laughs> right. So if you have um, like, but in my business model, it wouldn't really work that way because I'm virtual all the time. So I ask after every single session, I, I ask for feedback Um and I, I've developed like a certain set of questions that I typically ask. I didn't actually write them down to share them, but um, I do that with Google Forms. And so we'll be in a workshop, and you know, my assistant will just drop the link. We'll be there. It could also be um, if you sell courses or something. You know, when they um, when they finish the course, you set up an automated email. 10% off your next, give some kind of incentive if you can. Um, Make it worth their while. That's right. Everybody likes yeah. cookies. Yeah. There, there's something about, um, there, it's an exchange of energy, right? And um, when we're just asking, even if we've we've delivered the service, right? The, the ask to me is a different pocket of energy. I've delivered the service. You've paid me for the service. We're, we're square. We're, we're good on that. Now I'm asking you for feedback. And, and, and for that feedback, I'm going to give you something in return. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it always depends on, I mean, this, it gets kind of specific to your business. So you have to feel it out. Like what is going to feel good in this moment? Do they need anonymity? Um, do they need it to be easy? Like what's going to get them to click the button, but, and it can also be something super organic. Like I'm going to, um, I'm going to put on my schedule once a month to do follow-up phone calls and you just give them a phone call and say, Hey, just wanted to check in. Did that work out for you? Anything like that. I mean, I did a, um, an interview series last year and it was called the remarkably loved business series. And I asked, um, every single person I interviewed, um, what the one thing they would tell businesses to do. And I swear to God, 50% of them said, pick up the phone and call your customer. No kidding. Yeah. They just have a conversation. And it really speaks to um, 
you know, we're kind of afraid to get in the mix, but we are, we're in a time right now where our customers are asking way more of us than has ever been asked. They want to know that, um, you know, that you are deeply connected in some way. Like you have some purpose other than making money. They have to feel, they have to be part of that vision with you. And so follow-up should feel like that too. It should be like an active service that's in alignment with your brand that makes sense for your business and what you're doing, um, which makes it kind of custom to your business, but like, that's what they want, right? They want to be a part of it. We, and we want to share our feedback because if we've, if we're going to be a recurring customer, if we're your favorite kind of customer and, and you've provided a service that is just lighting us up, like now we're, we're in it, you know, people, uh, there was a story about Apple and they came out with like some train wreck phone and their customers were more interested in when they were going to upgrade it. Like, Oh my God, are they going to recover from this? Like, not like, Oh, screw Apple. I'm going to go to Android now. They were like, Oh no, my baby, like fix it guys. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> so your customers are rooting for you. <laughs> yes. They're doing your work for you and they're That's in beautiful. your village, right? Yes. And asking for right. feedback is just another way to invite people into your village because it should, act, it should sound like an act of service. Got it. That is important that the phone call should sound like it should be, let's just say it should be an act of service. Because a lot, you know, a lot, I have coached a lot of real estate agents and nobody wants to pick up a phone, right? And what, even in while I was working with those clients, um, it wasn't about picking up the phone. It was that this exchange of service, they, the script they were using was just asking the, the person they were calling for something. Um, and so we, we talked about, well, how can you, especially during COVID, right? It, we, we need to be making these phone calls to our database. Um, and these calls can just be purely, how are you? Is there anything that you need? Is there anything that, that I can help you with? Um, so that it is an act of service. So now you're really bringing people into your village who feel valued. You're not only are, are they getting value from you, but the, you know, um, they feel like you value them. And I think that's where we all want, right? We want to feel like I matter. Even to the people that, I, that I'm paying money to and, and getting services from, I still want to feel like I matter to them. Yeah, because we're, it is. It's an ongoing exchange. Yeah. Okay. So for the, for the new person, getting as clear, just continuously getting clear on what is that problem that you solve, and not only that problem, because again, let's use that bookkeeping example, bookkeeping is bookkeeping, but get specific on the problem. I help new businesses or I help recovering businesses. Um, so getting specific on that problem for you, what you, what fires you up and then get, um, have systems for continuous feedback from the clients mm -hmm. so that you're, you're checking your own assumptions. Like I can, I, you know, there are things, I, I'm sure we've all had situations where like, yeah, I just really crushed that. And you ask other people like, yeah, no, that didn't really do it for me. <laughs> right. Yes. And we need that. We need that feedback. It was that, that feedback would probably hurt a little bit for a bit. Sometimes. Or sometimes it's what like keeps your team going when you guys are just way overworked. Yeah. Like you're like, oh, God, that's why we do it. Yes. yes. <laughs> right. Because exactly. honestly, I've never gotten bad feedback. And if you, I mean, if you do, you know how to recover. Like they're, you know exactly what's wrong. <laughs> right. But right. Oftentimes it creates fuel. Uh, to, and I, um, I would encourage you to think about it that way instead, because it's going to be the glass is half full. I mean, we're talking to business owners who are intentional and they're heart centered and they, they're giving it their all, right? So for you out there who are giving it your all, it does not go unnoticed. Right. That feedback will be what like keeps you going when you realize how hard entrepreneurship can be. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> how much work it is. So much yes. work. Yes. I know yeah. you love it though. <laughs> 
right? It is. It, it's almost this pull between, oh my gosh, how much work this is and can I really do this? And the compellingness of that vision that we're moving for. So it's almost like that that vision is so compelling. Like, this is hard. I don't even know how to do this. And yet it's pulling me into it. And the attitude is, I guess I'll figure it out. Because other people have done this. Other people have figured this out. I can surely manage that. Yeah. And, you know, you have to think in a way, at least for me, I have, I have a lot going on. So in my mind, I always have to say, what is the, what's the easiest way that we can get this done while still remaining? It depends on what it is always with customers. It's and provide an excellent level of delivery service, whatever. Um, but when it comes to other things, it's just, you know, how am I going to Make it as simple as possible, easy and affordable. And like if we can stay within the same ecosystem of services, that would be always awesome. Like we use um, Google and we can use it for many, many things. We don't have to make it complicated and take on lots of subscription fees and all of those things. It's, it is the jigsaw puzzle. You always have to remember you can do this e- easier in some way. It can be done easier. Well, and again, that's why we need to be connected with other people to learn what other people have figured out because people have been on these paths ahead of us and they may have figured out a way that such and such works. I was logging into uh, setting up a new subscription for um, our magazine and um, I was logging in with my Google account and then I couldn't change my password. And it's like, okay, well, it'll take you five days to do this. Oh my God. Like, holy, holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there are people out there who could just say to me, no, Mary, here's, here's what you did wrong. Here's what you can do. Get it. You don't need to wait five days. But if we don't have connections with other people, we're left waiting. We're left waiting to either the answer is going to come to us or hopefully we stumble across the right answer or whatever. But when we're connected with one another, then somebody knows somebody and we can usually get to that answer a lot quicker. Yeah. That makes me feel like we need some kind of like IT support help desk for specifically for entrepreneurs or you should just pick up the phone and they... If you've ever been in IT, like they can solve like literally any problem. Seriously. <laughs> and I just realized I don't have any IT people like in, in my network. So yeah. if you are an IT person and you're listening to this and you know that what you can do for entrepreneurs would save their hide, then call me or email me at mary at mmgcoaching.com. I'd love to chat with you because you're right. We do. We need some simple solutions. Sometimes technology can be the biggest hangup. Yeah. And I do. I mean, I've worked with people who can create like your systems with custom stuff. Yes. But I have never come across an IT person who just picks up the phone. You know, if it, if it costs me $50 to, to solve a problem, Right. And it's done. <laughs> right. It's done. And, and, and my, my shit's working. I mean, that's what I need. Um, huh? Yeah. So, uh, so again, if, pardon, we just discovered a whole thing. We did discover a new thing. So again, if you're an IT person, <laughs> you have the solutions to these core, you have some answers to these questions. Email me at Mary at mmgcoaching.com. Okay. So back to the marketing, the first two pieces, know what the problem you're solving specifically, and then set up the system for feedback. What's, what's the next thing then that we should be putting our attention to? I need more things. Man. Do you need more? (laughs) Is that it? (laughs) That'll do it. Well, okay. So we're, we're figuring out what is our, our mini manifesto. Yes. Um, and then we're figuring out a way for our customers to, to give us feedback, which is both a marketing purpose and a service optimization purpose. Um, I don't know. I think that those two things are, are you want to, that's like a lot. It is a lot. I feel like, and I, yes, people are like what you just said. How do I set up surveys? I don't know. Just take it slow. 
just collect the feedback and maybe it's an email, whatever. Pick up the phone. Let's do that. <laughs> Lindsay, this is one thing I really appreciate about you because a lot of people talk about simplicity, but you actually stick to it. I try. I mean, seriously, it would have been easy for you to say, oh, okay, well, after you get those two things, the next three things that you need to do are A, you know, A, B, and C. But if it's just that, that's really the biggest thing that we can do at this point to gain clarity on our own message, um, what it is that we're here to do. I mean, I, I'm just now to the point where I feel like I'm, I'm getting some clarity on this. And um, what I have really noticed is that before I had this clarity, I didn't know what I was selling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I certainly couldn't explain to someone else what I was selling because I wasn't clear on it. Now that I'm clear on it, it, it's almost like it just rolls off my tongue um, without me even thinking about it. You know, that's the other thing that I find has been extremely helpful for me um, is saying what I do. So finding opportunities to say it. It's one of the things we help. So we help our entrepreneurs create an elevator pitch. And then I think it's like session five or six. So then there's six more sessions. So the whoever is latest to the meeting every time is the one who has to practice the pitch. And so every session from the time that we create an elevator pitch, someone has to read the elevator pitch. And then you keep finding ways that it doesn't make sense to say it out loud, or it really doesn't matter what the elevator pitch is that we come up with. It's just the fact that you're saying it over and over and over and over and over again, so that you're, you get tired of it and you're not afraid anymore to say what you do and, and you can claim it because half the time yes. it's claiming. It's hard. From a, from a mindset, mindset yeah. perspective, that's totally what it is. I mean, and that's another thing that I've really um, uh, have, have appreciated is that prior to me having clarity on this, I wasn't taking ownership. Mm-hmm. Right. I was just wait. I don't know. It's not like I was just sitting back and waiting for something to happen. I mean, I'm working while I'm waiting for something to happen, but, um, I, I wasn't owning it. And it was when I finally asked myself, are you ready to own this or not? Because if you're not ready to own this, you need to let it go. Yeah. Right. Just, just go. Yeah. But when I said, Oh no, no, I'm ready to own this. Then it, it's like you make that decision. There's, there's, I know there's some information out there, like the difference between, uh, you know, something that you're thinking about versus something you've decided on, an interest versus a decision. And once you make a decision, then you're eliminating a whole lot of other possibilities. So that all you have to really do is focus on that one decision. Now you can change that your decision down the road. And I think one of the reasons that I wasn't is that the, that little voice in my head that said, Oh, well, what if this isn't really what I want? Right. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm not quite there yet. It doesn't matter. This is who I am today. I, I love this, the elevator pitch. I've been doing networking for about nine months now. And I don't think I've come back with the same elevator until I got to this point. I wasn't coming back with the same elevator pitch. I kept trying out new things and, and seeing how it landed, seeing how it felt. Um, and again, that idea that, okay, well, when I get it, then that'll be it. No, I'll get it. I'll feel it. And then I'll use it until something else says to me, ah, you need to revise this again, right? Maybe my niche is, is getting more clear and, and I can revise it. Yeah. Is this making sense? Yeah. Do you ever find, like, you? do you ever feel there's a difference between when you write something down, like copy that you would put on your website and stuff that you can say out loud? Do you feel like there's like a gap there that um, builds confidence? I feel like there is. There is. For me, the right I, I rely on writing way too much. Um, and, and it's <laughs> and and anyone who's ever given me feedback on writing says, Mary, you waste way too many words. So for me, the writing it out is getting all the words in there. But I can't read that. Even doing video has really taught me how to do this, right? Because I can't read this beautiful little script that I wrote. But if I write it out, then I know it, and then I can speak it. And then I can speak it from that space of knowing and clarity, not from um, trying to read it or trying to make it up as I go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the more – I, I also feel like you can – 
at least for me, when I write something, it's without, it's with my audience in mind, but it's without my audience staring at me. And so I can feel how it feels like all by itself. Right. So I know that I've started with a thing that I can honor in my, like that feels good. Now I have to figure out how to speak it. And usually you have to change your language or cut it by 75%. Right. Right. <laughs> um, but it, it is a step. So I would suggest writing your little manifesto and then finding a way to say it out loud. And I loved the last uh, woman. What was her name? Lisa Figgins. Yes. 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 What she said about adding on to your impact statement about, so you might hear them saying things like this, this, and this, and that happens. Ask them this question. I'm like, God, that's the most brilliant thing. It is. <laughs> it is. And, and uh, even since then, I've started writing down, here's what my clients are going to be saying, especially when we're talking about referral partners, right? Within our own networking. You know, you know, I'm, I'm, I think I just said, I'm, I'm really getting to the point now where I know what I do and, and who I do it for. Um, before that, how do I help someone such as you as a referral partner? How do I help you know who I can help and what problem I can solve? Yep. Yeah. I thought that was magic. Yeah. And sometimes we need those, um, I don't know. It makes me think about when we initially created Brain Planner and you're talking about um, uh, complexity and simplicity and all that, you know, when you create your purpose or when you try to define it, it's, it feels like, I don't know, like sand moving through your fingers. It's hard to hold on to when you, when you try to pin down a mess, uh, a, a mission or a vision, it's hard. These things are hard. You know, we, we like they're short words that are easy to say that are very difficult to actually do in a meaningful way. And we create, so our, our initial vision was how could we create a series of uh, like contemplative thought that was separate and then rejoin and like, you know, talk it out with your team or talk it out in a small group so that you can, there's like space for contemplation. And initially it was uh, like, let's make it Mad Libs style. If we could, you know, like by the end, you don't really realize what the story is going to be until you fill all the blanks out and you get to the end and you look back and you're like, holy crap, I, I do actually have a purpose. Like I do. Wow. Right. 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 And it feels good. It does. It does. Yeah. Yeah. I love getting to that point. I love it. <sighs> it's magic. It's magic. It is. It is. And for the listener, if um, if you've experienced it um, and you're looking for it again, it's possible. And if you haven't experienced that yet, it is available. And there are people like Lindsay and myself who are, help, are here to help you get into that space. Yeah. And it can feel like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I think it's one of the hardest things initially. I, most of the time, my, my first client, um, his purpose, he felt like his purpose was money. Okay. And we had dig a, in underneath that. We had to work on that. Yeah. Right. Cause that doesn't make yep. your customer want to get up in the morning. You are. No. <laughs> right. But it's really like, that's, a, that's our need. That's yes, a, of course. That's a of thing. Course. It's true. It's true, but it's not your purpose. It's really not giving yourself enough credit. Well, Lindsay, you know, I am really grateful for you to share your expertise with us. Um, I, I think I've said marketing has been one of my biggest challenges um, as an entrepreneur, I think. Um, you know, the skill set, all of all of that, which also has to come along, that that's fine. I've got systems for that. But learning how to articulate what I do, who I do it for, to someone who can actually hear that. Mm-hmm. Um, has been kind of my biggest challenge. And, and your recommendations today of, of focusing on that manifesto and getting your systems in place for feedback 
I really wish I would have known that three years ago, but I know it now. (laughs) Um, And I'm starting to put some of those systems into place. I have my manifesto up here now. Um, So that it's, yeah, thank you. (laughs) So if you're a new entrepreneur, honestly, it might seem too simple, but that is honestly the, the foundational bricks that you need because you can't build anything until you have that. Yeah. Mary, you know what? I have, I have number three. Oh, what's number three? Manifesto, have it, and then write, write to it every time. Every social media post, every blog post, every part of your website say, would this business create this? You got it. It's your, it's your measure. Just use it as a measure every time. Before we wrap up today, Lindsay, um, where can people find you when they're ready to get more direction or more guidance on this manifesto, on their systems, and really building that brand that will make their business stand out? Where can they contact you? Yeah, so you can find us at hellowaymaker.com. Um, and we are, just so you know, we are doing a new membership for... Um, for people to take action, consistent action on their big visions. It's called Action Planner. And this month we have a pilot program. It's absolutely free. And if anyone's interested in joining, taking action every single week against those big dreams, um, you just enter Waymaker Pilot at checkout for the Action Planner and come and hang out with us. Excellent. I am very excited about this. I had hoped to check it out last week, but it's going to be on my calendar um, in the next couple weeks. I think that is brilliant. Um, We all need that time and space, and we're willing to keep appointments with one another, but not always to ourselves. So here's a way to kind of do both, kind of trick ourselves or keep an appointment for someone else, but it's really for us. Yep. Yep. Good thought. Well, thank you so much again for for sharing your expertise. It's been a lot of fun uh, on this conversation and I um, am very grateful to you. Thank you. It's been lovely. Thanks for listening. We're not just a podcast. We're a community. So before you go, we invite you to join the Consciouspreneur Mastermind community. We are a powerful movement of high achieving, impact focused entrepreneurs who are leading the charge, making the world a better place through business. We offer a comprehensive suite of tools, techniques, support, and direction all rolled up into a community-driven inspirational launch pad. We will nudge you out of your comfort zone and into your genius zone so that you can lead your business with clarity and focus. If you're looking for a community of like-minded and like-spirited people who support your personal development and business growth, well, you found the right place. Plus, we have a lot of fun. After all, if you're not having fun, you're not doing it right. Remember, we're all in this together. Check out the link in the details in the description below and help our community grow by liking, subscribing, and sharing the content. We look forward to having you join us next week. Until then.